with Renee Vitale. And Renee, I I have to admit, I kind of thought that this Mel Tucker thing was over, at least um, in the interim uh, until October 2nd and 3rd, where he was going to have his uh, hearing on these sexual harassment allegations made uh, by uh, Brenda Tracy, the the sexual assault prevention advocate who um, who accused him of sexual harassment. But uh, uh, the other day, Michigan State moved the timeline up and things are progressing very quickly. Yep, he came back with a response yesterday, a scathing response. Yeah, and I'm going to just read a couple of highlights and then there's a couple of things that 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 jumped out at me. Um, it, as we know, uh, I, I think it was Sunday or Monday. Um, it all blurs together. Uh, Michigan State University notified Mel Tucker of their intent to terminate his contract with cause, citing moral reasons. Uh, Tucker was given seven days to respond to the university's notification uh, to explain why uh, he shouldn't be fired. And he did just that. Um, the full the, 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 the full statements about one page single spaced. Um, and he says, Let's be clear. I don't believe MSU plans to fire me because I admitted to an entirely consensual private relationship with another adult who gave one presentation at MSU at my behest two years ago. Uh, MSU knew about the information on which it supposedly relies to end my contract since at least March of 2023, yet only after Miss Tracy and potentially others leaked the confidential investigation report to the press did MSU suddenly decide the same information warrants termination. Um, obviously, what had changed was this became public and it became right. a PR nightmare. And it was going to be so much of a distraction that Mel Tucker uh, could not continue coaching Correct. the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, MSU cut off any semblance of interest in the truth or due process by terminating me weeks before the hearing. MSU ignored my concerns about the leaks relating to the confidential investigation on August 25th. Well, before Ms. Tracy went public with the full file, I demanded an investigation into the leaks. Uh, MSU never acknowledged my request, let alone responded. So when I complained, nothing happened. When she complained, MSU acts. Uh, this double standard reflects the bias against me throughout the process. Um, it, he also said that he uh requested medical leave under the Family Medical Leave Act for a serious health condition that was rejected. And the final paragraph says, I can only conclude that MSU does not care about my rights, the truth, or its future liability for policing, uh, for policing, 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 policing. I wasn't sure if it was policing. Maybe I should read this ahead of time. Uh, It's employees' (laughs) private life. MSU was, uh, was supposed to was supposedly going to let that flawed plot process play out before deciding what to do, but is now uh, reneged on even that. I look forward to one day obtaining discovery against MSU, including the trustees and the athletic department. That sentence right there, Renee. I look forward to one day obtaining discovery against MSU on top of him saying he tried to obtain um, uh, medical leave. I think those are the two clearest indicators that Mel Tucker plans on taking this to court and suing MSU. Oh, yeah, that was a threat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or at least spelling it out. And, and, and everything else in there, um, you know, was, you know, was him building his case for when he is uh, fired uh, officially and still trying to recoup that $80 million that he's owed. This has all moved incredibly swiftly up until this point. So the hearing is scheduled for October 5th to determine if he violated the school's sexual harassment 
an exploitation policy. Uh, that could take up to 60 days. I'm wondering if that is going to take 60 days or if that's going to move just as swiftly. Yeah, and I guess that is a, a, a separate investigation altogether. And, yep. and thank you for correcting me. I think I said October 2nd and 3rd. It's October 5th and 6th. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we all assume that that hearing had to conclude before they can actually fire him. Right. Um, you know, because they had to make sure that they had all their legal ducks in a row. But uh, apparently not. Apparently in that week's time between the USA Today article uh, breaking and when they actually fired Mel Tucker, they must have, have seen that without the hearing, they still had legal ground to fire him for, quote, moral perptitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big story is the uh, UAW strike. Um, we got word that Stellantis is looking for the right to sell off 18 possible properties. That was part of its fourth counter offer it made to the UAW last Thursday before the deadline, uh, including the Trenton engine plant and Stellantis headquarters in Auburn Hills. Uh, now, Stellantis, it's not necessarily looking to ditch these properties. Uh, they say they don't really need as much space, especially at Auburn Hills, that huge, you know, that huge building on yep. I-75. Um, you know, because everyone's working remotely or hybrid. So, you know, I guess to raise money, they would like to reserve the right to sell that off to someone and maybe lease it back if need be, which um, I know companies do that. That sounds counterintuitive, but I guess maybe if you need an influx of cash and then uh, and then pay a, a monthly fee. I, I don't know how that makes financial sense, but that's what they're looking to do. And then our friends to the north, Ford reached a deal with Unifor. Uh, the Canadian Auto Workers Union, meaning all big three companies have new contracts in the Great White North. So I don't know if uh, if if the the negotiators from Canada can 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 help us down here. Yeah, do we take a page from their playbook? Right. And <laughs> but but it sounds like it sounds like we need the help because uh, it, it it appears that Biden aides are no longer coming to help. Uh, with the negotiations here in Detroit. Yeah, two members of the Biden administration that have been asked with aiding talks between the big three automakers and the striking UAW are no longer planning to arrive in Detroit this week, as previously expected. Uh, Joe Biden planned on setting at, sending acting Labor Secretary Julie Sue and senior aide Gene Sperling to Detroit to each of the three automakers. The top aides were expected to continue working with both sides to help the parties reach a win-win contract, but have since decided that it would be best to just meet virtually this week. Uh, however, the just AIDS, do a Zoom. Yeah, just just Zoom. Uh, the aides could arrive in Detroit next week. Uh, the federal government, Sue and Sperling, were asked to help support the negotiations anyway that the parties feel constructive. So I wonder if, uh, you know, because earlier this week, I, I think it was over the weekend, Sean Fain was on one of the, the, the morning talk shows and and. And the host asked, hey, I hear the Biden administration's coming to town to help negotiate. It's like, not really. So I wonder, I don't know if, if, if the UAW have told them to butt out. I don't know if these labor negotiators from the White House are saying, ooh, this is a bit of a boondoggle. Maybe we don't want to get involved until they're closer to a deal because it might be a bad look if we go, uh, if we go to help with the negotiations and it's, you know, still weeks away. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like stay out of the kitchen. Right. <laughs> yeah, know, get you know, out of our way right now. Uh, you know what? You guys peel the potatoes. I'll stir the butter. <laughs> exactly. I'll stir the butter in, and then I'll take credit for making them. <laughs> what do you need us to do? Just stay out of the kitchen right now. You can help by staying out of the way. <laughs> right. I don't know if you ever told that as a child. Oh, many times. Yeah. Told, I want to help. You can I'm help. Told that now. <laughs> <laughs>
And then, um, you know, on the other side of the aisle, we were wondering uh, how Sean Fain was going to react to a UAW visit from former President Donald Trump. Uh, Trump announced that he was ditching uh, the uh, second Republican primary debate next week to give his speech to current and former union members here in Detroit. Because, you know, when Trump when everyone's zigging, Trump's looking for a way to zag. Yeah. And uh, we got our answer. Sean Fain released a statement yesterday saying the UAW, uh, every fiber of our union is being poured into fighting the billionaire class in an economy that enriches people like Donald Trump at the expense of workers. So uh, it seems like Sean Fain is not excited for a a visit from Donald Trump. Stay out of the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, you can help by maybe maybe everyone in politics at at this point can help by staying out of the way. Right, right. Because, of course, it's the biggest story and everyone's looking to to glom on and and associate themselves with. Sure, I understand. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, I'm wondering because yesterday I Guy and Lloyd threw out a number about how the percentage of of union vote that Donald Trump has received in the past. And it was surprising. And I think this was back in 2016. He got a little less in 2020. But, you know, if 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 support for Donald Trump in the union is 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 small but growing still, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if a visit from Donald Trump might actually divide the UAW amongst the people who support him and the the people who don't. That's interesting. I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll we'll pick Guy Lloyd and Jamie's brain about that later on in crosstalk. Uh, it's first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR, and Renee Vitale. Renee, why am I seeing seeing Sammy Hagar's name trending all over the place here in this Detroit? This is so cool, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Sammy Hagar releasing a new craft beer in Detroit next month, and it's brewed in the city. Hagar's Red Rocker Brewing Company will be established in Detroit. And the first beer is Red Rocker Lager, a Mexican-style lager. Try to say that ten times fast. No, it sounds like I've had some already. (laughs) Uh, To celebrate the launch, Hagar and his band, The Circle, will perform at the Fillmore on Monday, October 23rd. Uh, Tickets for that show go on sale this Friday. Hagar said rock and roll is the heart of the Red Rocker Brewing Company, and there's no better place to brew our beer than in Detroit Rock City. We created Red Rocker Lager to not only honor the fans, but to also pay tribute to the soul of Detroit rock and roll. Uh, Red Rocker Locker will be brewed in <laughs> partnership with Brew Detroit, which is based in Corktown. Wow. It comes in at 4.35 ABV, is a golden medium-bodied Mexican-style lager. I don't know what that means, but maybe we should uh, uh, change our name to Detroit Rock Lager City. I just want to try and say it after I've had a couple. I'll read a rocker lager. Right. You go to a Sammy Hagar concert. Every time he plays a Van Halen cover, you got to chug a red rocker lager and try to say it 10 times. Make it a drinking game. I know a long time ago he released his own uh, line of tequila, so it must be going well. Yep. I have to say, and this might be blasphemy, but uh, I grew up on on Van Hagar, so if if you had to ask me, Hagar or David Lee Roth? I'm a Hagar guy. I am. I'm with you on that one. I, I mean, at least at least Sammy Hagar can still sing live. Yes. David Lee Roth can't. I agree. And, yeah. And he can't move like he used. To. Well, yeah. although he tries, I'll give him that. He's gonna break a hip. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. Um, not not to get too deep into the woods on Van Halen, but when Van Halen toured, when they tour, um. Sammy Hagar will sing David Lee Roth songs. 
David Lee Roth will not sing any Sammy oh, Hagar no. songs. Oh, no, he's a stubborn, stubborn man. And, and probably because he can't, he can't hit the notes Sammy Hagar can hit. So Did they still not like each other? I think so. I, I don't think that's ever going to. Do they remember why they don't like each other? I don't know. <laughs> Something that happened in the 80s, I don't know. So <laughs> welcome to the, the Motor City, Sammy Hagar. Yes. Uh, th- this next story kind of blew my mind once we started covering it back in July. So Governor Whitmer, she signed a series of bills uh, to strengthen a child marriage ban oh. that she signed into office back in July, uh, making it illegal for anyone under the age of 18 to get married. Wait, what? Wait, that wasn't already that how, wasn't already play, in I know, place. How is this not a thing? Well, until July, it was legal for 16 and 17 year olds to get married. 17 <sighs> year olds with written consent from a parent or guardian, and it was legal for someone under the age of 16 to get married what? with permission from a probate judge. And, and you're having the same reaction I am, Renee. It blew my mind that people under the age of 18, under the age of 16, were legally allowed to get married in our state when the clock struck midnight on twenty on 2023. I think, you know, some religions, this could be yeah. a factor. Yeah. Um, I do know in different countries, like I, my grandparents got married at a very young age. I remember my great-grandma telling stories of how she was 16 when she got right. married. But that was in Italy. I was going to say, we don't want to go back to those times. You know, no, no, no. And she was very bitter about well, it because yeah. it was an arranged type thing. And she was 16. Yeah, she was 16. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing in Michigan. Well, here's my other question. What kind of judge would sign off on someone under the age of 16? I don't know. And what's even more mind-blowing, Renee, is that according to the Free Press's numbers they got from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, more than 5,400 children under the age of 18 had been married in Michigan this century. That's not that's not the 1900s. Wow. That's the 2000s. So was that about 50 a year? I think it broke down. Well, too. let's see, 5,400. Let's see. So what? We're in the year of our Lord, 2023. Yeah. Of course, now I can't get my freaking passcode to work. Okay, on my calculator. All right, so let's see. 5,400 divided by 23. That's uh, that's two, that's about 234 children under the age of 18 getting married in Michigan a year. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's cringy. Creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, protecting the children, a controversial 5G cell tower on top of Washington Elementary School in Wyandotte that's set to be activated later on this month. Uh, the they, the tower originally agreed upon between uh, the Wyandotte School District and T-Mobile became a really hot topic of contention back in February when parents began voicing concerns about possible adverse health effects caused by the cell phone tower uh, to the point where the Wyandotte School Superintendent actually resigned over it. Wow. Um, a judge has issued a stay on the tower launch and is scheduled a hearing for parents to voice their concerns for September 26. But they've been they've been making their 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 concerns known. They've been at school board meetings. And uh, on top of that, T-Mobile is only paying the school district about a thousand a month to have its tower on the elementary school. That seems like a very small amount of money for something so controversial. Right. And, and you're telling me you could you just couldn't find a different location. Right. 
Come on. I mean, $1,000 a month. Like, okay, if it was more, you might be able to justify, oh, it'll, you know, it'll help us, uh, you, know, you know, upgrade facilities. But it's $1,000 a month. I yeah. mean, that's that's less than, like, an apartment in, in Corktown over right. where they're brewing Sammy Hagar's beer. Right, right. Uh, rightfully so. I can understand the parents' concerns. Yeah, and, 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 my, and you know, I... I live downriver. Um, you know, I, I, I pass by this 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 school often door dashing. I know uh, Parker Moser has has driven by this elementary school multiple times. The the tower itself is is on top of the school. And, and like all the electrical equipment is literally in the parking lot oh. next to the playground surrounded by a fence. So I'm not necessarily worried about the 5G. I think the bigger danger is some curious kids you know how kids Climbing are. Climbing on yeah, it. They, there's yeah, there's a dare. They go in there and there's all that, you know, there's there's all that electric equipment just right there, just separated by a fence. So, and it's not even, because I haven't seen it, it's not one of those ones that they've tried to make it look like a, a tree or anything like that? They've tried to make it decorated. It's like, oh, it's surrounded they? by bricks, but, uh-huh. but yeah, it's... Yeah, like I, I like I said, I don't think I don't think five G is going to have adverse health health effects on kids, but I they it, I think it's a it's an electrical hazard, right? If nothing else, right? And for a thousand dollars a month, doesn't right. seem worth it. Yeah, um, and so there is there is some hope in the uh, writers' strike. It, it seems like the writers' union and the the producers' association of in television and movies they are set to restart negotiations very soon. But in the meantime, ABC and ESPN, they're they're getting creative on how to fill the void in the meantime. I think that this could be a positive. An additional 10 games are originally set to appear uh, for Monday Night Football on ABC. Uh, they were originally only going to be on ESPN, uh, but now they are going to simulcast on ABC. The additional games will be on network television because of the ongoing strike by the Writers, Writers Guild of America and SAG-AFTRA. So I guess this is a positive because otherwise unless you had these premium streaming services you wouldn't have been able to see them football fans are saying okay you know take your time maybe work this thing out after football season yeah so there's a positive a a little silver lining Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh real quick we might be seeing Dwayne the rock johnson and michigan panther games soon because the xfl and the usfl those two spring football leagues um they're talking about merging and and this makes sense because you know it seems like there's been a lot of these 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 postseason uh, football leagues that start and they start like right after the NFL and they they never really do very well uh-huh. because I think I, I think people mistake the public's appetite for the NFL and the NCAA with football. I, I think right. I, I think they like the product of the leagues more so than the games themselves. So these these spring leagues kind of struggle. So I, I think it's a good idea for the XFL, which is owned by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife business partner, which I, I think that's great that he, you know, him and his ex-wife are still business partners. Um, they're probably going to be merging with the USFL, who I believe has a deal with Fox. Yep. And maybe putting their resources together, maybe they can uh, they can make something work. I didn't realize the Philadelphia Stars, their, their home stadium is Ford Field. Yeah. And... Uh, because the first season they all played in one city, uh-huh. and then I think they're trying to ultimately they're trying to ultimately branch out to all the cities. And 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 this year there there were hubs where, um, where two teams would 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 share a home venue. So, um, 
the, the Michigan Panthers and the Philadelphia Stars, they they shared Ford Field. And, and I'm guessing they're going to try to eventually get the Philadelphia Stars in Philadelphia. But right. yeah, that's that's a that, that's an interesting arrangement. And I guess it's 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 out of financial necessity at this point. It's uh, first thing Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. And everybody is back from the coast of the uh, be- beautiful blue water uh, region of, of Port Huron, my father's homeland. Um, really? Yeah. Grew up, uh, graduated valedictorian. We looked for a plaque about that and didn't yeah. find one. We saw a lot of them. Yeah. We saw a lot of places. You, you know, guys didn't go back far enough. Gotcha. They talk about Edison, but That's not right. the Parsons? Yeah, well, you know, not to brag, but he was valedictorian of, of Port Huron North 1977. Uh, that did not pass on to me. I was not valedictorian of my high school class. But good to have everyone back. Of course, Renee's still with me. Lloyd, Jamie, Guy, back in studio. And... Uh, uh, it's a good day for you guys to be back in studio because uh, there's so much news to get to, especially uh, Mel right. Tucker. He uh, he didn't take all seven days to respond in writing to the notice to terminate him. Uh, the next day he released something. And there are two things in this in this note that I think are dead giveaways that he's planning on on taking this to court. I mean, sure. I think we all knew. Uh, number one, this this revelation that he requested medical leave for a serious health condition and it was not um, granted by the university. And this uh, this this line right here, I look forward to one day obtaining discovery mm-hmm. against MSU, including the trustees and the athletic department. To me, that's him saying, see you guys in court. Yeah. Well, I think just using the word discovery. People exactly. don't talk yeah. like that normally. No. And that was the word. That was the word that went ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding, ding. In well, my head, that's so. the attorney saying, I look forward to discovery. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Mel. And I uh, look forward to no fee unless you win. And there will be a fee if you do win. Um, Sean Fain, uh, not content to just conquer YouTube, not content to uh, conquer Facebook. Uh, he tweeted out his uh, first tweet yesterday. From his official uh, Twitter account. And it was a good one. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, if here's an update on the UAW Big Three talks. And this is a, a movie clip from uh, what? The, the Hitman's Bodyguard? Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson talking to Ryan Reynolds. Yo, you about done? Tick tock, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these Capital One ads are getting wild. Oh, <laughs> I don't, man, is this guy a showman or what? Uh, he is definitely, a, I mean, Barnum and Bailey? No, he, yeah. he has put them out of business, He's, man. Yeah. Raylan Brothers? I'll tell no. you who else he put out of business. Who's that? He put the Biden administration's delegation out of business. Oh, he sure did. They're not coming now. Uh, they're saying, no, we, I guess we'll, we can handle it from here. That's right. I, I we like, can help from here. Right. And then he also said he's not excited for a Donald Trump visit because uh, Donald Trump's the exact guy that we should stop voting into office. Yeah. I, I like a guy who tells both sides to buzz off. <laughs> I really wish Saturday Night Live was on the air right now. They would be having a field oh day God. with I would, Sean Fain. Yes. Oh. I would love to see a good Sean Fain impression. I know. Yeah. There would be someone. You, you that already could had one. That. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, yeah. it's, true. It, it, it's funny you say that because, you know, Sean Fain looked like he was having fun on Twitter. Like people were responding. He was responding back. And, and somebody actually uh, put up a, a, a meme. It was Sean Fain's body. 
superimposed on Stone Cold Steve Austin's. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I told you. I'm sorry, Sean Fain's face on Stone Cold's body. And yeah. uh, uh, for people who might not have been listening the day we made the connection, uh, here's what we're talking about. Because that's where it belongs, the trash, because that's what it is. I don't know how double dog dare you to look Stone Cold in the eyes that close <laughs> and say all that garbage to me because I don't think you can because I think you're running scared, punk. So I don't know which one's Stone Cold, which one's Sean Fain. <laughs> right. Very difficult. Yeah. To decide, I think it's fair. showing that he's really winning the social media game here. Yeah. This whole negotiation. Well, and he's forced the normally very quiet, very sedate, very patrician auto giants to play the game too yeah. you know you've got mark royce on facebook now and you've mm-hmm. got uh jim farley coming out and giving a lot of very pointed things and scrums so so sean is going to be speaking about what's late what the latest is on friday at 10 a.m as opposed mm-hmm. to 10 p.m right and i guess that's going uh it sounds like he likes to give the two-hour notice because like you said lloyd yeah. thursday at 10 p.m the deadline was eleven fifty-nine. so it sounds sounds like it, it, the two hours is sort of the window that yeah. that he 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 has yeah. to to rally up the troops mm-hmm. but uh yeah so uh but here's the i i, I think i think this will only go over this early on in the negotiations because there are you know there are livelihoods at stake and i think that maybe if we were a month in and he's posting these funny things on twitter i'm I'm not i'm I'm not sure if it would land quite as much as as it's landing you know a weekend well in about an hour we're going to be talking to sandy Baru about that because the chickens are coming home to roost on a number of their suppliers and for the Mm -hmm. last 30 days i've been saying Worry about the Tier 2 and Tier 3 suppliers that are still recovering from the pandemic, that are still trying to get their books in order. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose companies over this. Yeah, because some of them won't be able small to come companies. back. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them are on the west side of the state yep. um, that are the smaller non-union companies that service the automakers. And they could go down very easily. Yeah. So, um, And the other thing, ah, we don't have time to get into it. The, you, you know, this the, this Trump visit... Uh, I, I know you guys were talking about the the uh, surprising amount of, of votes that Donald Trump got from union in 2016. I wonder if 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 his visit uh, would cause some infighting with the union between between people who support him and people who don't. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon with Renee Vitale. And you can um, find us on all your favorite podcast plas- platforms. Just search first thing WJR. Hunter Biden is suing the IRS after his attorney alleges two IRS whistleblowers revealed sensitive tax information about the president's son on national TV during hearings on their investigation. So does he have a case? Attorney Todd Flood of Flood Law discusses with Kevin and Tom on All Talk. I like the way uh, constitutional attorney Jonathan Turley put this, uh, the way he described this lawsuit from Hunter Biden against the IRS. He said... Hunter Biden suing the IRS is like screaming at an approaching storm. Yeah, after being accused and now charged with serious felonies, some of them regarding uh, tax evasion and other related charges, uh, Hunter Biden is taking the IRS to court, Kevin. He's accusing them of unlawfully disclosing his tax information. Well, Hunter Biden's lawsuit, Tom, I think I think it's going to raise questions about the balance between transparency and individual rights uh, in cases involving public figures. And I, I think the outcome of this lawsuit could have some implications for how government agents handle confidential information and interact with the media moving forward. We'll have to see how this plays out. Uh, Joining us now is Todd Flood of the Flood Law Firm. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. What what do you see as the the key legal points in this case? 
Well, the whistleblower protection is going to be the, the main threshold of this case. So just to be clear, it, it is 1,000% accurate that you cannot disclose under the statute 6103, you can't disclose anybody's uh, personal tax information, what's contained within the tax information. However, there is a whistleblower exception to that law. And here they followed that law. They then gave the information up the chain, were subpoenaed, testified in front of Congress, and that is all okay. Hunter Biden is saying this is his lawsuit. He says, okay, they followed the law there, but when they went on TV and these different shows and then discussed my personal information on those shows, um, that was a violation. It was an intentional act to disclose the personal information that wasn't necessarily disclosed uh, except for behind closed doors. So I think this is really a political, you know, kind of the, the brush back pitch by Hunter Biden throwing, you know, uh, the, the fastball up at the uh, upper inner side of the plate to scare these guys off. But I think that'll fail um, because their protection, they believe, is once it becomes pub public discourse, they can go at it and speak about it freely. So um, I, I really see this lawsuit not going very far, except for uh, bringing more attention to Hunter Biden's uh, peril. Does filing this lawsuit open Hunter Biden up to potential discovery that could hurt him in his criminal case? And, uh, you know, as it relates to any kind of depositions, interrogatories, things of that sort, you know, you, you get to take those depositions where you get to claim the fifth. Otherwise, in a criminal case, um, if he claims a fifth in a civil deposition, yeah, there could be problems. But I have to believe, Kevin, uh, that this all stems from a deal that fell apart. My belief is, is that this deal somehow, even though he got indicted on the gun charge thereafter, um, that this deal is going to be put together. Uh, Trump appointee Weiss is still on the case. He's the one that took it to the grand jury. But um, it would seem to me, it would seem to me that um, the judge was not comfortable the criminal, you know, in the criminal plea with him becoming or her becoming in the middle of it. Um, so uh, I believe the prosecution, the government put an indictment together on the gun charge, and then they're trying to put a global global deal together to make this go away. That's just my thought. Mm. Um, but if you, if you uh, normally, normally when you make a civil lawsuit, your point's well taken. I uh, uh, take depositions in a civil lawsuit and the person um, testifies, it can hurt them if there's a criminal case that's right around the corner with it too. What do you mean by when you say, uh, you, you kind of suspect there might be a global deal to make this go away? What does that mean? Well, put the pieces together, you know, um, as far as uh, – so the gun charge was out there, Tom, and the judge was to um, uh, basically monitor Hunter Biden during his probationary period and give the sanctions uh, of this uh, the previous deal. And judge said, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So now, um, because you remember, there was a different charge that was altogether in play. Mm -hmm. They take it to the grand jury. I, I suspect they will dismiss something, dismiss the count now that's an in, indictment, and have him plead guilty to the original 
or to the to the tax evasion charges. That's and, and mm. have this case get settled in the criminal procedure. That's just a you know I could, if they wanted to put the deal together before and it got a clog in the wheel because the judge stepped in. Yeah. I still believe they want to put the deal yeah. together. That shouldn't, you know, that, that, that's the, right. So now they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, and you have the same happen? players involved here. David Weiss is one of them. He's still involved right. in this. Just has more authority with a special counsel status. So do you believe that the, the, the whole immunity aspect of that previous deal could still be a play? Yes, I do. Huh. I do. I, oh. There's something there that, I mean, he's still the same prosecutor, still the same, you know, he's now special counsel. Um, in a different status, but what changed, if any substantial amount, for him to change his mind and putting the deal together? I haven't seen any facts, heard any facts that are different. They've all been the same from the jump street, so it would seem to me that he would want to put this deal together. Is there anything you see that could change the way uh, government agents uh, behave moving forward, or do you think they did what they're supposed to do? Would they, would they, moving forward, would they not go on TV and just leave their comments to uh, in front of Congress? I think that's the wiser course. Um, I think it's the wiser course to, to, you know, they they did their job as uh, according to as they saw it, and they they blew the whistle um, to do the fanfare on, you know. MSNBC and all the others and Fox and everything else, you know, what does that gain? What does that get you? Um, unless, unless, Kevin, and you know this as well, you know, because you've interviewed people that have uh, been disparaged in the, in the media and they say, hey, listen, I want to tell my side of the story. I don't want my name besmirched. So they go out and, you know, these are the facts. This is what happened. This is how we did it. But, it, you know, the question is going to become, did they intentionally do this to, just, um, you know, put a black eye on Biden or were they rebuffing, you know, uh, rebuking the, the arrows at them and saying, no, this is the proper way of doing it. This yeah. is the exception to the rule. And that's Todd Flood talking about uh, Hunter Biden suing the IRS. Does he have a case? Does he not? Uh, we'll continue with more. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR.